0: So Thick and Thin Hoops, where ball is always life. I'm your host, Karthik, here with my co-host, Nitin. What's good, Nitin? What is up,
1: man? I'm, I'm upset tonight. Uh, tonight is not a good night for me. Fresh off of the, the Washington Wizards blowing a 35-point lead, the second largest in NBA history, then losing on a four-point play at the buzzer that was then called in the last two-minute report as an incorrect call. I found out tonight Andrew Wiggins is an NBA All-Star. I'm, I don't feel good about this. And the funny thing is, we were supposed to record last night. I asked us to push a day. And I knew that when we recorded, we were going to do our All-Star teams tonight, that I knew the starters would have already been announced. I didn't think it was a big deal if we had any differences between the starters and what actually happened, because at the end of the day, all 10 guys that were involved were going to be on our teams in some form or fashion. I hope that's not the
0: case for you. It sure as hell is not the case for me. It uh, definitely is not. And you talk about this being a bad week. Dude, you know the week I've had? It started with the Bucks losing. <laughs> you know, I, I forgot. It's 2022. The year of Karthik was 2021. We've turned over a new leaf. My luck and is And Have gone. we ever. Brady uh, retirement news is swirling around. We're going to lose Byron Leftwich. This whole thing might blow up. We might be back to just... You know, the purgatory every purgatory. year after year. And, yeah. and then if things couldn't get worse, the Kings got curb stomped by the Celtics by 53. OK, so I don't want to hear your sob story about giving up a 35 point lead. Um, but things are Kings going well at work, right? Future, huh? You're doing well at work, right? <laughs> I think so. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop tomorrow. I don't know, man. I am <laughs> not even have a job the way this is going. So they'd be like, we heard you're a Brady fan. Uh, yeah. He's out. You're out. Exactly. So, I don't know, man. It's been a bad week all around.
1: Speaking of, And we're going to get to the NFL at the, at the back end of this podcast, but i got to ask you, since you brought up Brady, did Simmons and Peter Schrager just basically manifest this Brady is retiring after they lose against the Rams rumor all by themselves? Like We were talking on Thursday or Friday about how they were the only people saying it. It was basically made up, and who knows what's going on. Suddenly, they lose in pretty gutting fashion, and all his quotes basically indicate he's done.
0: Yeah, everyone is clowning on Bill Simmons for saying that. And, you know, his his usual reasons of, I don't know, this body language, that body language, I'm getting the signs. And everyone thought it was complete BS. But either he spoke it into existence or we have to give him more credit that he's, uh, he's on at these things more often than not. I actually think he
1: is on these things a lot, but he just says it all confidently without anything backing it except like his BS rationale. So it just sounds so fake. But if you actually go back and look at his track record with some of these things, it's pretty good. Um, Even even, like I'm thinking like even like earlier in the season, I know the Patriots didn't make the Super Bowl, but he got clowned so hard for talking about the Patriots being a good team. And then like at week 13, they were the number one seed and the Bucs were the number one seed. And that was
0: the Super Bowl he had picked. And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? Oh, yeah. 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 It looked like that was actually going to come to fruition. His Bucks pat Super Bowl pick. He, he bet on that, right? <laughs> he said it. he
1: did. Yeah, he did. But he also had the Niners 17 to 1. And he was like, whoever wins this Niners-Cowboys game is coming out of the NFC. <laughs> and so I don't know what to think. Anyway. We'll get to the NFL uh, as always. We transition to a, a sort of a pseudo NFL pod here in January, but starting with the NBA, um, you know me, all stars, all NBAs, the awards look mean a lot, right? So you just we just love always, lists. You just I you love are, lists. One of
0: those people who love lists, you know, you you probably read BuzzFeed articles all the time. Top twenty, this. Top thirty, this.
1: Which egg which type of eggplant do you most associate with? Yeah, take the <laughs> yeah, quizzes and sporkle it out.
0: in your free time. I am oh,
1: the sporkle, God, let it be known. I think everyone who knows me knows that. But so all star starters were announced tonight. Next week the reserves are gonna be announced. So we pretty much already know in the Eastern Conference there's gonna be you know, twelve names, of course, but Kevin Durant's out. Uh, that pretty much was reported. He was, of course, named starter and captain of of the East Side tonight. Are they not doing the draft this year? Did I miss that?
0: The the all-star draft? Yeah. Don't they usually they do st- it like pretty close up to the actual game? Yeah, I guess they
1: need to know who else to pick. No. Yeah. I don't have that. Still, yeah, okay. yeah dude, But they are time. doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. I like don't think Team LeBron the versus Team Durant. Yep. Okay. So so we're gonna go through and pick our whole twelve man teams. We'll do the one bonus spot in the in the west in the east, excuse me. And by no means are we obliged to stick with what happened tonight. Um, all right. So to refresh everyone's memories, because this is always confusing. And we did all NBA a couple weeks ago, which has a different set of rules. So all-star voting goes like this. You get two guard spots, three front court spots for your starters in the bench. You have two guards, three front court, and then two wild cards. They can be any position. Now the NBA has started fudging these positions like pretty heavily yet they still keep the positional designation, which doesn't make any sense. But nonetheless, we'll stick to those for now. We'll allow some basic fudging, but you can't do things like put Nikola Jokic in your backcourt, for example, even though he effectively plays point guard for the Nuggets. Um, All right, so do you want to start um, with the East or the West?
0: Let's Let's start out East. Why not?
1: Okay. So the way I did this is I have eight, Absolute stone cold locks. No matter what happens, these guys will be on the team. In on my team, how about right. you?
0: I got eight locks as well.
1: Okay, I'm curious. I, I bet they're the same because these feel like a cut above the rest. But starters, I don't think there's any arguing the front court. Embiid, Durant, Giannis.
0: Yep, anyone Three who does anything different is wrong.
1: Yep, it's just crazy. I mean, especially with. There was a point in time that you could argue DeRozan over Embiid just because Embiid had missed a bunch of time, but what he's put together over the last three weeks is legendary. I mean, I don't remember a big man kicking ass like this in the low post and sort of – but he's like a revolutionary big man because he can also shoot. He's a good passer. You know, Jokic is a different type of big, but in terms of the brute force traditional back-to-the-basket bigs, like Joel is a throwback, but like 2.0
0: version. And there have been Shaq comparisons, and you know Giannis gets Shaq. Everyone gets Shaq comparisons these days, so I don't like throwing it out that lightly. But it's Shaq-like in the way—not in that he's just dominating in the paint, but he can get a bucket anytime he wants. Like crunch time when they go to him, he's impossible to stop. And it feels like the only thing keeping holding them back some nights is that you know his teammates can't can't keep up so
1: yeah because he's maybe they have 35 million dollars sitting in street clothes somewhere and not <laughs> exactly. even in the stadium maybe that
0: yeah he's at another level so i i don't care about the games played like who cares and and derose i mean well now he's,
1: anyway now he's up to he's up to 36 dude he is averaging 29 and 11 shooting 50 percent, 30 38 82 like this is Shaq 2.0 because Shaq couldn't shoot this guy so, yeah. can make threes and more importantly he can make free throws like Tonight he struggled against the Lakers and Anthony Davis actually had a pretty good game yet in the third quarter, he had 20 and over and over again, you could just give him the ball. He's getting to the line. He's putting teams and people in foul trouble. He's just, he's running the full playing, court. D. Yeah. playing D. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, I think right now, when you consider Philly being a little bit better than Denver, I, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find someone else at the top of a reasonable MVP ballot, but All right, Giannis has obviously killed it this year. He's been under the radar just because it's ho-hum. Buck's still kind of doing what they're doing. Durant, unfortunately, man, second straight year with a fairly significant in-season injury, and they're going to play it safe, of course, but just historically, like, you're starting to talk about a good amount of missed games for this guy in his career, and with the pace of scoring that he's at, he had a chance, a very slight chance, to kind of threaten wherever LeBron ends up in the all-time scoring list and that's slipping away like he's missed basically two plus years of injury between the big two and then of course these minor ones that keep popping up now
0: yeah i mean the weird thing is whenever he's on the floor he doesn't look impacted at all by these injuries he looks like the same old player but you know he has missed a lot of games and and you're right this is something that's only going to get worse as his career goes along but i don't know man i i think um regardless of that, as a Nets fan, you have to be happy with what he's been doing this season. And you're okay him taking a break for a month or two.
1: And and this one was a freak injury. Someone collided into his knee. Thank God it wasn't worse, right? And so with how brittle he is, it's possible that just, you know, he's got to watch out for that. And they're playing the long game. Brooklyn, man. (laughs) Brooklyn is, you know.
0: They've got a lot of things to figure out. Yes, to
1: put put it lightly. Um all right, who do you have in your
0: backcourt? All right, my east backcourt, I've got Trey and DeRozan. Um we already talked about how DeRozan pretty much plays exclusively at the the four, or at least the three. He's a forward, but um he got guard designation, so this made it easy. I never I don't understand this. Like I'm excited so those are my two as well. I'm
1: excited that DeRozan gets to start because I think given how good Chicago was, way above the projections, even the favorable ones. He's been an absolute killer, especially in late-game situations. His ISO scoring, along with Levine's ISO scoring, is next to you know unstoppable for this, for this Bulls offense. And they've been doing it for a bulk of the year now without Lonzo Ball. Caruso's down, and now he's out eight weeks. So Patrick Williams has missed basically the whole year. So not only was this team firing on all cylinders, this was also a team that's depth was the number one question mark. And Levine and DeRozan's play has elevated them and kept them at the top of the East. It's amazing, actually.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But now you start to worry about those injuries because they are, if you look at the standings, what, one and a half games out of the sixth seed.
1: This is crazy. So,
0: it, yeah, there's it's really tight up in the East. And, you know, if they go through a, a bad stretch, all of a sudden they're a bottom tier East team. And then these guys, you know, they're lucky the all star voting came in now. I mean, they absolutely deserve it, but if this was a seventh seed team, you start looking at them a little differently, right? Even though they don't deserve to, but
1: yeah, well the, the thing, the truth of the matter is aside from maybe Brooklyn, all six of those teams are playing really well. So it's yep. not like one got off to a hot start falling back to the pack. Like they're all playing well, starting from Cleveland, you know, Miami has been killing people now that they've got their full complement back. And you know the cavalry is coming even more they get Victor Oladipo next month and you know if he provides them anything it's a plus right over some of the Max Struess minutes. shout out to Max Strus but <laughs> i think it's going to be a really fun finish in the in the east and which brings us to our last starter Trey Young he's the guy that's kind of left out of the party right like you look at his numbers they're insane he's 28 and 9 he's shooting 45 38 90 pr of 25 offensive savant right like this team when he's on the court is another world on offense and it's really a testament to kind of how good of a player he is and like defensively we talked about this they're they're a mess defensively you could argue it's not really his responsibility so what put trey into your starting lineup despite the fact that the hawks sit i think 11th or 12th right now in the in the east
0: yeah, they sit 12th despite winning five games in a row. Um, you know, I, I was like, oh, the Hawks are on the hot streak, right? And I looked it up and I was like, how are they still 12th? And it's because they, <laughs> they lost were, the previous five. They so were down like, bad. They lost five in a row, won five in a row. Um, I I think Trey, I mean, his his numbers speak for themselves. I think Trey, the, people forgot about him because we went through a phase of, Trey was putting up big numbers two or three years ago. Empty stats, bad team. Then last year, putting up similar numbers. The Hawks experienced some sort of success. And so we start viewing him in a different light. And because now they've kind of fallen out of that spotlight a bit, 28-9, we've seen him put up pretty big numbers in the past. I agree. He does it very differently now. He's more efficient, better passing. The offense is even more dependent on him. But because the Hawks are just so bad that I don't think he's getting his attention. But I don't think there's any argument to make to put anyone above him really in that starter spot. And given his popularity... Um, it made sense that he actually did get the starter spot, right?
1: He did. Yeah, this is where we start to formularically break down in terms of what qualifies someone as an all-star. Like this is the polar opposite to whatever selection criteria led Kyle Korver into the game in 2015. So wherever we were on that one, we are in 180 degrees because it's like you said, stylistically literally made for the all-star game, right? With the passing, yeah. with the flair, the deep shooting, like this is the perfect all-star player. Numbers are insane. The record is bad. And if you look at it, like, the big thing I always looked at with Trey is he's so bad defensively that, like, does his – does he get hurt or or does the team really benefit as much as they would from his offense with just even a competent level of defense from him? And the numbers are true. Like, if you look at most superstars and you look at their on-off, eight-plus, you know, for example, is pretty much – Standard, if not like low, right? Like a Steph Curry is always way higher. Um, Nikola Jokic, for example. You want to know what Nikola Jokic's um, freaking plus minus is? Let me pull this up. Uh, 12? You're going to – like this is the split between him being on versus off, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's – no, it's – let me see. 23. So they are 9.7 points per 100 possessions better when he's on the floor. And they're 12.9 worse when he's off. So they get outscored. Basically, they get murdered when he's not on the floor. And when he does play, they're the best team in basketball. So let me me stop my Nikola Jokic slurping here for a second to say Trey is only at three, plus 3.1. And that shows you why it's difficult to really build a championship team around him and why when we were doing the podcast on trades last week, there's a lot of offense for defense swaps they should be looking to make so but I I had him as a starter as well because I just Levine was the other guy I debated between and I just didn't love Levine starting um the Bulls have been good I don't know about two starter good
0: yeah exactly like like we just said the Bulls are you know they're bunched up with a bunch of other teams right now yep. look I the the thing with Trey is that he gets he's in at that point of his career where we're looking we're evaluating differently, right? We're saying, oh, can you build around him? Is this the guy? How far can the Hawks go? Those are the conversations we're having. Where in reality, the All-Star game, no one cares, man. These guys are like, um, you know, guys like Durant, Giannis, and beat have already proven it. I think sometimes we're too harsh on the trays, even the bookers of the world. Like, these guys are balling out, and I think trade, like, definitely deserves a starter nod, despite what Atlanta's done, so. And the other thing is,
1: you kind of have to take into account that especially in a season as odd as this one with COVID, I think 350 players have missed time with COVID protocols. Like you don't want to create some type of weird anomaly season where like guys who don't deserve to be all-stars or guys who don't deserve to be starters somehow find their way in because it's like, oh, well, you know, he played five more games and shot 3% better from three. And, you know, maybe I could talk. It's like, dude, Trey Young's one of the best 12 players in the conference yep. by any calculation. Let's not overthink this. Um. Okay. So we're good and, and I should mention these were the starters that were actually named by uh the fans, players, and media. So we got that one spot on. So you said you had three locks on the bench. I'm assuming they're the same as my three, but who do you got?
0: So I've got two guard locks. I've got Levine and yep. Tatum. And then sorry, not Tatum, oh. Harden. Levine and okay. Harden. Yeah. Sorry, I uh, misread yeah. this. Yep. Levine and Harden and Jimmy Butler is my eighth. All right. Correct. And the Jimmy Butler argument, once again, you can point to the game's missed, but just the way Miami's playing right now. Um, yeah. And yes, he's missed more time than a lot of the guys on the roster. But, you know, this is a a really good season for him. And this Miami team is clicking. So uh, you got to give him the nod as a lock, in, in my opinion.
1: No, I'm not going to hear any Jimmy Butler slander. Um, he has only played 30 games, which, like you said, is probably among the lowest uh, among most of maybe any All-Star, but he's been a, just dominant uh, on both ends. His passing, his rebounding, his defense. So it's really that all-around play. They're 31-17, and 17, first in the East, and they've sustained their share of injuries, right? Like Kyle Riley's been in a lot of the lineup. We know Bam out of bio missed a month-plus. And they haven't had Oladipo all year. So, you know, Markeith Morris, by the way, hasn't played since Nicole Jokic yeah. shoved him. You know that? He's missed like yeah. 35 games. But um, so nonetheless, I think Jimmy Butler is an absolute lock. And he's my pick actually to replace Durant in the starting lineup. Okay. That's how good I think he's been. If I was going to go Levine, and I think I'd be happy with either. But, but um, you know, Butler's just been so, so good in that Miami team, you know, everyone everyone was high on them but if you had doubts it was about their age it was about their health and he's kind of erased a lot of that with how well he's played absolutely the 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 question to me you know we talked about Harden Harden got off to a pretty bad start and he wasn't getting to the line you know it's funny the two guys that we thought were most impacted by the foul calls Trey and Harden are in our eight locks in the east I guess they, they figured it out they were good enough to kind of not allow that to derail their entire career um Harden looks like he's asleep on the court half the time, yet he (laughs) walks into 23-10-8. That just kind of shows you his brilliance. And every time I watch him, dude, I'm just like, he needs his own team. Like, this is so dumb. Like, I know that the idea of him with two other just amazing offensive superstars is like, you know, basketball built in a lab, but he is best when the ball is always in his hands. And the games that Durant has missed or Kyrie's, you know, sitting out cuz it's at home and what continues to be the strangest story of the year. He's a magician and I know they don't win a lot cuz they don't have really have any depth around him but I think that's the version of Harden that's the best kind of version of himself at this stage of his career.
0: Absolutely. It's when watching him carry that Nets team on his own is a lot more fun than whatever he's doing off ball with Durant playing. He just it feels like Which an is nothing. Fit. It's just nothing. But I mean, um I think the, prob- the what Harden suffers from is that his expectations are so high from the last several years that we look at 23, 10, and 8. We look at his weight. like th- That's what the people talk about. People talk about his weight. They're talking about Simmons. They're talking about, is Harden going to stay? He had that quote come out last week, right, where he talked about how much he likes Houston because of the no taxes, because of the warm weather. And so it, it feels like he's not super happy there. This Nets team feels weird. So he's kind of been really good on most nights but we don't really think of him as that same type of guy and so that but at the end of the day like you can't have him not in your second unit for the all-star game
1: did i not tell you this last week you were like what about what simmons who's going to become available and i'm like there's starting to be some whispers about james Harden."
0: yeah those got louder for sure but I, i still don't know if i don't know that might actually end up being the best move for both parties at the end of the season. If Harden really wants to leave, Simmons is not too bad of a return.
1: And it's going to be more than Simmons, right? Because he has no way to get to Philly if if Brooklyn doesn't play ball. And they are not going to give their in-division rival James freaking Harden without a little bit of, you know, a little bit more than a guy who sat out the last season. Like, it's going to be a pretty big package if they
0: want it. And I just don't know how Katie feels about Simmons, man, like he's already got Kyrie's craziness to deal with, and now you've got Simmons, who you don't even know who likes if he likes basketball.
1: Simmons got insulted one time by Doc Rivers, and he sat out a full basketball season. That's how crazy the situation is. It's we ridiculous. always the funny thing is we always thought that Kyrie for Simmons was the move, right? Because one guy couldn't play in his city, one guy wouldn't play in wouldn't his city. In so city. Why, why don't we just like get <laughs> them and make this work and play basketball again? Kyrie um, and
0: Embiid would be nice too if you think about it, actually.
1: Oh, that would be basketball nirvana! Just that pick and roll combination would be unstoppable.
0: Pick and roll, and then let Embiid take some possessions off for for once. God damn, this guy's working his ass off on both ends of the floor. Do what LeBron did sometimes, right? Just kind of pull out to the the perimeter and just let Kyrie go to work. And
1: so one other, so couple points on that Harden story. By the way, a is a apparently the strip clubs in New York suck. Uh, I've heard that from a tertiary source, no, no direct knowledge of that, but, um, I have, I have been briefed on that point and he, that, that upsets him. B I've heard that, well, not heard. We know that nobody gives a shit about the nets and Harden was a, like, was God himself in Houston. Probably could walk into any place in, he wanted in the whole city at any time of the day. And he got the perfect service in New York. He's one of many, um, even Durant, dude, Julius Randle last year was a bigger deal than Kevin Durant. Think yeah. about that. And so he's sitting there like, okay, yeah, I, I, you know, because apparently what happened was when he got traded from Houston, they offered him, they, they they came up to him and were like, look, we got this package from the Sixers. We have this package from the Nets. Where do you want to go? And he said, I want to go to Brooklyn because Durant told me to come there. So he's like, all right. Now he gets there. He's like, wait, nobody cares. And I'm not even having fun after, after the game. Like, what's going on? And Throw in the tax rate. That's not a problem that Philly can solve, but it maybe can solve at least one of those three problems. Because if he wins a title in Philly, he will be God there for sure. We saw what happened with the Eagles.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, Philly's not solving the weather problem, the taxes problem, the strip club problem. Like, what the hell is Philly getting him?
1: Philly is getting him the adulation that I think he's missing right now. I
0: don't now. know if he really cares about that man. Like, I I know when he said he's like, oh, he's the man in Houston. It's not – I don't think it's like, oh, people are just like, oh, my God, you mean so much for a basketball team. Houston doesn't give a fuck like about the Rockets. They're not a basketball city. He means like you go to these clubs, you go to these big like events, and like you're treated more like a star. In New York, you can't be that. Philly, I also don't think that's the kind of scene that is you know, entertaining starters. I mean, I you was know, just it's in more Philly – Blue collar city anyway. So
1: I was in Philly two weeks ago. I got a nice rooftop bar recommendation if he's interested. <laughs> oh, I is it was it that's... the um
0: was it the, the bar at the top of the four seasons?
1: It wasn't the four seasons, but it was some other hotel downtown like overlooking the city. There's probably a lot that are all have like similar views. Four, seasons, the four damn, seasons. I, I guess the, the job really is going well. My God.
0: <laughs> that's at the that's I think the the highest point in Philly. That's a nice, nice little lounge. Oh, him. that He's might be a secret
1: spot. That might be a date spot. <laughs> that's um, a good
0: one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's
1: fair. Like, I think he liked the culture and lifestyle and that's really what was more important to him. But you look down the list, it's like, where is he going to go? Like, I, don't, I mean, I don't think he has many options. Like, I think he might just go to Philly, right? Like, where, like I'm trying to think, like, could he go to Miami? Yes, that could work, but who, like, they're not going to take back Duncan Robinson. There's no other contracts for them to trade. You know, that's, that's, I think, what I wonder is, like, what's the move if not for staying in Brooklyn or, I don't know. And apparently he's really interested in taking his full payday. Like, this is a guy who's probably got some credit card bills racked up. Let's just <laughs> leave it at that. So he might need all of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, It'll be interesting. Uh, and, and a lot of it uh, depends on maybe how things go in Brooklyn this year. Or maybe they don't. Maybe even if he wins the title, he's ready to leave, right? If Brooklyn somehow yeah. wins it. Yeah. So.
1: All right. That is enough on Harden and where he ends up next season. Let's talk about the actual games. Okay. This is where it got pretty hard for me. You said it was rather easy, which I appreciate. But... No,
0: but I forgot. I realized I forgot a couple guys. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, who is left in your front court?
0: So I went with Jason Tatum. Okay. Now, I know Boston's been disappointing, but once again, this is a guy that we have very high expectations for. And so we look at him a little bit differently, but by the way he's been playing and just the eye test, you watch these games, he's incredible. So Tatum and then Jarrett Allen. And Jarrett Allen, I know, is is getting a little bit of, someone needs recognition from that Cleveland team. Uh Mobley, you know, he's still a rookie. He's missed games. Um, he's been good for the most part, but I think Jared Allen really has been the anchor for them defensively all season. You got to reward that with an all-star nod. So he gets that last front court spot for me in the second unit.
1: We need to talk about Jason Taylor. I'm going to come back to him, but dude, you cannot tell me that you've enjoyed him shooting six for 19 every night and getting 20 to his 22 points. Like I know his raw numbers are good, shooting numbers are starting to tick up. I bet he's at 25 and 9 42% from the field, 33% from 3, but like at some point he's got to play some semblance of what we would consider team basketball in a winning environment. Him just chucking to get his numbers, you're going to give him a start a reserve lock over here? Like
0: how what does he have? He, to do? he was not a lock. He was not one of my not locks. a lock.
1: But how much legacy is involved in this from a guy who's still only like twenty three? I mean, okay.
0: What is, who do you want to put over him?
1: I want to hear the argument. So I have Jared Allen. So I agree with you. He's reward the Cavs. He's the linchpin of the defense, which is why they're so good. I I have Chris Middleton. That's Who's fair. had a very good season again? Not flashy. So the numbers are the pale. The raw numbers are never going to look like these other guys. I remember back when Bradley Beal was kind of on the cusp of making All Star teams, and Chris Middleton made a couple over him. Wizards fans were outraged because they're like, "Dude, he's averaging twenty points a game as the second best player next to Giannis." Like, yeah, that's not that hard. I understand, but I think his two way play, he's been a lot more present this year um, than Drew and other guys, and so I'm giving it to I'm giving it to uh, Chris Middleton that last last front court
0: spot. I can't argue with Chris Middleton. I think that's fine. To me, uh, Tatum just has shown a higher ceiling night in and night out, lower floor. Granted, right. And Middleton contributes to a winning team, Um, but defensively, I don't know, man. Middleton, I think he's not. He, He, I think his defensive reputation is a little inflated at this point of his. He
1: looks better than he actually projects on the court. Like he still gets cooked, but he like kind of looks like he's contesting shots.
0: Yeah, and he's he's developed this reputation, and because he's kind of lanky and things of that, we think of him as a defender. But he's not; his lateral quickness we saw it in the finals, um, isn't amazing. So, and Tatum has actually made strides, I think, as a defender. Now, it, it waxes and wanes. I think the defensive effort, but I think he's gotten better on that front. I, and on the offense, you're right; less like Tatum is less efficient. But it's not like Middleton has been the poster boy for efficiency this year. He's having not as good of a shooting season as the last couple of seasons. So. Uh, to me, I think you, can go, you can't go wrong either way, but I, I picked Tatum. All right. So
1: I'll go for wild cards, I guess. So, two wild cards. I took LaMelo Ball just to make my preseason or my week one overreaction prediction of LaMelo making an all star team in year two come true. So, LaMelo Ball I have as one, Fred Van Vleet I have as my other. Oh. And it was a three man race um, between those two and Darius Garland. I gave the Cavs nod. I knew they needed one. I gave them to Darius, uh, to Jared Allen. I just felt like LaMelo, his all around brilliance offensively, the rebounds, the passing, his scoring has up near twenty points per game. You know, he's basically like 19, 8, and 8 a game with, you know, pretty good three point shooting. And Charlotte's been way better than I think people realize. Like they are, you know, they are four or five games over five hundred. Ah, uh, big showdown with the Lakers tomorrow night, and right there in the thick of things in that top six, top seven range, where they're gonna they have a chance to inch and in, out of the play-in tournament, and that's I think above everyone's expectations for for what this team could be, and with Fred Van Vliet, man, he is definitely the kind of guy who's gonna make one All-Star team and no more than that in his career, and yep. you're gonna be like Fred Van Vliet was an All-Star when you look at his career like 10 years from now, but I just think that. The way he's improved his game, he's a knockdown shooter from deep, great defender. He's turned into way more of a playmaker now that Kyle Lowry is in Miami. And Toronto, after a really tough start, has rebounded. So they're right in the thick of things at 500, too. So, you know, name-wise, yes, those two are not going to necessarily— well, LaMelo is a big name, but he's young. He's only in year two. Name-wise, at least Fred VanVleet is not necessarily in that same class as a Jason Tatum or
0: some other guys you could pick, but that's where I landed. All right. I look, I had the same three guys. My except the way I flipped it is the two that I think get in have to be Van Vliet and have to be Darius Garland. Okay, Van Vliet, you already made the case. I think you're gonna do my boy LaMelo dirty like that? Dude, come on, man. Okay, look, I love LaMelo. He's been doing, you know, he's been playing amazing. But if you look at Mello versus Darius Garland, you act like Melo's stats are he's got four more rebounds. Their scoring numbers, their assist numbers. Their shooting percentages, um, or shooting percentage actually better for Darius Garland, all very, very close. Um, and so I don't, I don't see what the argument I I get that you can argue LaMelo, the offense is kind of mellow centric, but Darius Garland is a, has been a great playmaker this year for the Cavs. Um, the offense really does run through him. And, the cows are the freaking like number one or number two seed, right? What what are they now? It changes everything. I think they're no, they're third right now. The third, sorry, not number one, two. It's Heat and Bold, but the third seed in the East, like that has to be rewarded. This guy has to get that last spot after Van Fleet. I have okay, Mello as sh- my sub, like so. In, in this situation, okay, yeah, we can do the subs play, now. Yeah, I have Mello so you have Mellow in. Me.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I went with Jason Tatum in that spot. So we have the exact same team. <laughs> No, because I don't have Garland. I have Chris Middleton instead of oh, Garland. Oh yeah, Middleton. Basically. Okay, I
0: dropped Middleton off my roster.
1: Yeah, you took him out of the league too, apparently <laughs> by hating on him that much.
0: No, I think that
1: look, I think that it's really tough. And this is the very clear top fourteen, right? Is Simmonsism like just a random number? This is a top fourteen. The guy. Unless the you want to make for, a
0: case for Holiday.
1: Yes, Holiday could be there. And he's actually the guy that's pretty much like pretty consistent in that lineup. I think Holiday has a case, but less so than these guards. Um Holiday, Beal, Sabonis, kind of the next tier, I would say. I don't know who else you would throw into that. Maybe Jalen Brown. Um mm. sort of like the guys that are. You're aren't not gonna give really... it to
0: Tatum, you should have given it to Brown.
1: Right. right. It's it's the guys that like, hey, we mentioned their names because they're good players. We don't want to hurt their feelings, but no way, shape or form should they make an all-star team. But I think that you really the the reason so Hornets are only three games back of the Cavs. It's not like some chasm of space between the two where it justifies the fact that the Cavs get two all-stars and. The Hornets should get zero, and
0: not closer like, than I thought actually. But yeah,
1: like the Hornets have really played well. I am so curious for how this lands because I think Tatum is a lock, like in terms of what actually happens. I think Tatum's a lock just because of name recognition, and I think that um, you know, I think like Butler, Harden, Levine are locks, and I think Jared Allen is going to get in.
0: I think Lamelo sure. will get in.
1: Just because, because he's the, the thing is, he's obviously the most famous, but he is only in year two, so that is early for to be an all star for sure.
0: Well, it's all determined by coaches, right? So it depends on what they value and are they going to value yeah. a guy like Garland? Like I, th- I think Van Vleet, Tatum, um, and what's his
1: Van Vliet will get in, yeah.
0: The coaches Van Vliet love will get him. In. Tatum will get in, uh, and then it's really going to be up to that last spot between Garland and Lamelo in my mind. I think Middleton could get in too. So we'll see. I think it's going to be really
1: interesting. Um assuming that the roster comes from this 14, I won't be upset. Two of them won't obviously be named. One will be named later. Yep. If they do some crazy shit and put like Sabonis on, or they put like three bucks on or something, then I'll be upset. Yeah. All right. Let's move out west. That took way longer than I thought. All right. West starters. Should I go first here?
0: Or or let's Let's do it
1: this way. Let's do it this way. I have 11 locks. Do you? So I think there's only one spot in question.
0: I have 10. Okay. No, 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 no. I have 11. I have 11 actually.
1: All right. Let's see if they're the same. All right. So my starters, I went. So there's three lock starters, I think and I'm, I'm mixing positions, but LeBron, I have five lock starters. Oh, wow. Okay. LeBron, Jokic, and Steph are locks. Yep. I went Ja, and I went, uh, Rudy Gobert. Same. Okay. So Ja, I think does. And, and we should say the four of the five are the same. And of course, aforementioned Andrew Wiggins is, uh, the other front court spot next to LeBron and Jokic. But the thing is the, the Suns are so much better than every other team in the league right now, and their two best players are guards. So when we're talking about the starters in the damn All Star Game, and we know both of those guys are going to be All Stars, how is one of them not starting?
0: But, and I, mean, I know I just on. put
1: "job," but I'm like, I'm like, you
0: just said it. If they're they're both the best best players on the Suns are both guards. They're going to split the, those duties. They're going to split that role. They're, one is not going to stand out above the other as much as these other teams. So, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I still, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you still have both those guys on your roster, ultimately. Yes. Um. But it's just, to me, the funny one is not a funny one. I mean, Ja, I actually didn't have Ja on my All NBA uh, first. You didn't team. have
1: him on first team, but you had him on second team. And I think I would switch those all around
0: anyway since then. Yeah, things have changed and and Jaw's been on a tear. So,
1: yeah, he's it's hard on a tear. to.
0: It's but hard so to has Luca,
1: right? So has other guys. Devin Booker's been on a tear. He had 48 the other, the other night. And Booker they win has like been on basically a tear every I time think, he's what, on the floor.
0: 32 points averaging in the last like seven or eight games. Um, yeah. But Morant, okay, Jaw I think his case is is he's been consistent all season except obviously he missed some time. Memphis has been playing well. He's surging at the right time. All that matters. Like I don't, I don't see who. If I don't see Booker having any kind of case over Jaw as a starter,
1: and I think it's the story of the year. Um, Memphis's resurgence and turning from an eight seed that looked like they were going to be outs on the outs the next season to suddenly, oh my god, is this the best young team in the NBA? Yep. So I do think that that plays a factor, and I also think that like, like you said, he's been good the whole year. It hasn't been like a. Miles Bridges, let me average twenty five a game for the first month and then cool off a little back back to something that's more sustainable. He's been coming for throats since day one, and it's fun, man. Like I said, I think I he does too much on Twitter, which is kind of making me like slightly annoyed. But he's a fun as hell player. Yeah, he he's
0: chirping a little too much on Twitter. It's like, dude, just, yeah,
1: just <laughs> just like maybe win more than one career playoff game. But the other thing is like, you know, do you know like um we were just talking about with Lamelo or uh, who was it? Well, who was I saying? Oh, with Trey. Sorry, I was like the perfect all-star player. That's John ja Morant, too. Um, oh, 100%. And even more than Trey, he can get up. He can dunk. He can actually... He can like, hammer it on
0: someone, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, so not only does he have the handles, the passing, but he gets the dunks a- attribute. It's like, it's like watching... Were you the guy who made the Steve Francis comparison?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like, and he's an athletic freak. He's
0: going to get drafted in that all-star game high.
1: For sure. Yeah, well just I'm curious, going though. On this team. I don't know because you know how these things work. It's a hierarchy, it's a lot of hurt feelings, like they gotta take this. Uh, the young point. guys
0: go later anyway. It's always the, the I
1: think I can stuff. predict who'll be the last pick, but I think he'll be towards the bottom just because of the Rudy? The well Rudy's not starting. Oh, oh sorry, I'm no, in of the starters. I'm in of the starters. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um okay. Anything else to be I, I already mentioned Jokic um and the tear he's been on. Somehow playing better than his MVP season, and dude, they are getting or planning to get uh, both Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Jamal Murray back this season. So, if he can keep them out of the play-in, like, do you want to see a six-seed Denver coming off like it, oh, adding yeah. those two guys back
0: to the lineup? Like, absolutely, they can make noise. Given how the the top of the West is shakier than it has been in the past.
1: Like, right now, it's Memphis. If Denver's lo- fully loaded... Oh,
0: Den- oh, that's... You take Denver all day in that matchup.
1: So, and even Utah, right? Like, we've seen that battle go down. It's super fun. But I'm taking Jokic over Gobert. That's what it comes down to. Yep. Um, all right. So, I'll. how about this? I'll just start reading my locks one by okay. one. You tell me if you have them. If we both have. So, Chris Paul. Yes. Devin Booker. Yes. Luka Doncic. Yes. Carl Anthony Towns.
0: Yeah.
1: Draymond Green. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Yep. So that is six reserves. Yep. Now I fully expect those 11 players to be all-stars. Like so we we're talking about what's going to happen versus what we want or what we are grading. So I expect that to be the team with Wiggins. Well,
0: well, that means that's the team then because we already have Wiggins. Right. right. Yeah.
1: So I actually okay. think that is the team. But I had in my 12th spot, I had DeJounte Murray.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: i I love the way this kid's playing, man. And I honestly love the way the Spurs are putting together a really fun group of young guys. It hasn't really translated yet. And unfortunately, I don't know how much longer Pop has to like mold this into a winning group, but not to like live, but just a coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and so I really like their nucleus. and DeJounte is dude, he's putting up like, uh, Russ light numbers right now, and I I think it's largely going unnoticed just because San Antonio is what they're thirty twelve they're 13, uh I think twelfth in the West. Uh, they're like half a world. game above the
0: uh, the Kings.
1: The guy in the Kings, which, yeah, which yeah, tells you things. everything, right? And you look at their roster, and you're like, man, I don't I don't hate this team. I mean, they don't really have a go to superstar, but I'm going to give it to Dejounte over several I think worthwhile candidates in that same tier, including the established AD Paul George, all those guys.
0: Okay. Okay. My you? 12th spot goes to Tieran Fox. Now, Stop. now, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. If you actually look at his splits. Oh, in wait. The last is this the G League Ignite All Star thing that you were <laughs> saying? <laughs> no, no. For the I'm Rise just kidding. I'm not Tieran Fox. I'd shoot him into the sun. I, uh, I also have DeJounte Murray. I just. Do you? It was getting too boring, man. We have the same teams. I had to spice it up a little bit, but even I couldn't do it. But now straight, we right? still have the same teams. <laughs> yeah. I have the DeJounte Murray, man. I think everything you said is spot on. Uh, He's... uh, When you... uh, Granted, I'll admit, I haven't watched any Spurs really this year. Uh, I did catch him on TV once. He's... uh, I don't know how to describe... So, Russ is an interesting comparison. Because he's not... He doesn't have that that kind of burst as Russ did. I feel like he has more control over his game. Russ is kind of this chaotic energy. Yeah. Um, But he, I think, is, is is developed really well under Pop. A, a guy who, if he played on any other team, like a team that gets more attention, I think he'd be talked about a lot more. Like, yeah. somehow, SGA gets a lot of love, even though he's on a bad team. And SGA is a good player, but I, I don't understand why DeJounte Murray, not enough people talk about him. Um, and defensively, I S- think he's, he's solid, too.
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, have you seen SGA's wardrobe? No. <laughs> he's He's like at Fashion Week type Player. So I think that's part of the reason, like he just has this like internet presence. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, because he dresses like really wild. Uh, maybe also because he played in LA for a year and made the playoffs um, and was part of this blockbuster trade, so people just know his name. But yeah, yeah, still like, he not...
0: wasn't he wasn't amazing on that Clippers team. He's like another no. level now. Thunder, <clears> but agreed.
1: And he actually I guess played in the bubble playoffs too. So surprisingly for how bad the Thunder are, he's played two of the four years of his career in the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's not that mad. But um, yeah, I agree. And I think he's definitely more, you know, DeJounte is definitely more in control than Russ. The thing that I like about him is that he's, he's lanky, but he's physical in, in getting rebounds. Nope. He's got a lot of control in the paint cause he's not a good shooter. And like, that's going to be the big evolution for him. Can he turn in from, he's a 32%, I think right now from three, can he become 37? We saw, you know, you just mentioned Fox. We've seen a lot of point guards struggle to keep at that level. And at this yep. point in the NBA, you almost have to be able to shoot it at that proficiency unless you're a big wing, like an Anthony Edwards, who can go do other things. As a point guard, it's tough to be to hang around in the league and play a major role unless you become an elite shooter. And so that's to me the the big step for him that we haven't seen yet. And I don't know that it'll come necessarily because the the jumps in the first four years of his career have not been extreme or first four or five years. But it it's possible, and I don't know. He can find a workaround if not.
0: Yep, yep. I mean, yeah. yeah the shooting is always what it comes down to. Like, that's going to cap his growth immediately if he can't get that up to a league average at least. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah,
0: so... I, I don't... it. Do, hey, look, is this... Has All-Star team... Have All-Star teams always been this easy to pick? I feel like we've had more discourse the last couple of years when we've done this exercise than now. Like, what is I it remember, about this season?
1: Last year, we literally made a list of, I remember we had like 18 players each in the East that we were trying to whittle down. Um, there was a lot of big... Co- Dude, Trey Young didn't make it last year in the East, and he had a monster year. Shit, that team went to the damn conference finals. Like, that's how crazy it was. So, so what is it about this year, you think? Part of it is like, the, the three guys who were on this team last year that are not this year, Beal... Julius Randle and Sabonis are all playing for bad teams and they've played badly or been hurt in Sabonis's case themselves. So they were immediately out. So I think it's created as, as, as tight as the top of the East is, you look at the bottom and it's pretty depressing. Like, most of these teams are not very good and... I think, like you said about Tatum, like the expectations are high. So maybe it's like when they fall that far short, you don't even want to consider them, even though their raw numbers might look similar to what you would pick from an all-star.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think part of it also is... I don't know. You'd think that given this year feels like the most topsy-turvy in terms of the, a lot of teams coming out of nowhere... The sh- Cleveland, Charlotte's of the world, that the rosters would look a lot different. And they do. Um, but I think everyone's in consensus, right? Like everyone's in consensus that Jared Allen should make this team. Yeah. Everyone's in consensus that a guy like um, Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet, which normally those are the kind of guys who like there's arguments over. Maybe yeah. I, th- I think the NBA community has just gotten a lot smarter. They're like the general fan community, media, that we all recognize these guys for what they're doing, right? And there's not as much
1: kind of the arguments blog over Blog Roy is who's also. Blog boys also live for a guy like uh, Fred VanVleet making the all-star team. Exactly. This is like this is like the blood that they like strengthen their bodies on. <laughs> like this is it. Uh, and Jared Allen and his pick and roll Jared assist Allen. probably looking like Rudy yeah. Gobert 2.0. Like they love that shit. Nate North's in the
0: corner somewhere, just yeah. You know. Yeah,
1: just literally like gotta change pants. I'm very <laughs> not pleased with the fact that the Warriors are going to have three all-stars for a not-so-amazing season.
0: That's and, the thing, right? Like, I don't just... Wait, so can we talk about Wiggins? Because I feel like we yeah. just glossed over that. Do you think yes. Wiggins even has a case for the top 12?
1: No. Let me, let me read you something. So let me just give you Andrew Wiggins' numbers right now. So this year, he's averaging... Let's see. He's averaging 18 points... Four rebounds, two assists, 16 PER, right? Uh, Let's see what his true shooting percentage is. True shooting percentage of 58%. Pretty good. Solid. 18, 4, and 2. Keep that in mind. No. Which, again, is fine. Desmond Bain, who we have not even mentioned. Your boy. Your boy. 18, 4, and 2. PER of 17. And his, advan- his t- true shooting percentage is 59%. So basically, better numbers across the board. Would you ever consider Desmond Bain an all-star?
0: No. As and good Memphis, as he's been. I, I don't right. even think of him in that conversation. But I mean...
1: And Me- Memphis well, is three games back of Golden State. It's not like this, again, massive divide in record. Golden State came off the gates hot. It's like the same way nobody's like recognizing that Steph Curry's having the worst shooting season of his career the first 20 games of the Warriors has painted everyone to, like, what the Warriors still yeah. are. And Everyone's just like, Warriors team. are
0: back. You know, they're yeah. the same team. And, and, you know, Wiggins, granted, has been pretty good on the defensive end. Yeah, he has been, but so is Desmond Bain. But but I think, I mean, where are these votes coming from, right? 50% fans? Are, I mean, is it just Toronto, Warrior fans and people are saying K-pop fans?
1: Dub Nation. We know how strong they are, unfortunately, firsthand. Um, and then Canadian Prodigal Son.
0: I mean, he's been playing for the last couple of years. We haven't seen Wiggins get even <laughs> close in all-star vote. So I don't know what this is like. Yeah, it, what's the I'm K-pop you, thing?
1: I'm not in it, that TikTok scene like you are.
0: Oh, I'm I'm deep in that scene. I don't know what the we, K-pop. Yeah, we thing, know. It's not in my corner of TikTok. Didn't
1: isn't that what you just said? You just said K-pop.
0: That's what I've been reading. I'm not saying oh, I'm not, yeah, I don't okay. see him like the K-pop people like advocating for him on TikTok. But is there
1: a way to vote via TikTok? Because if there is, we this would all be skewed.
0: I don't know, right? But but I th- I think what is helping him is people who don't like the vax. No, no. I dude. think I, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. I think a lot of players because it's twenty five percent player vote, and I think a lot of players respected him, even though he stance. ultimately got it. I know, but like, he spoke his mind. Like Kyrie got a lot of votes also from players. Maybe that's just because he's Kyrie. Well, Kyrie is Kyrie. I think some of these guys are in their camp, man. That that's I think that's part of it.
1: So your basic premise is what? That 98% of the NBA is vaccinated, but a lot of those people just did it because they didn't want to deal with the, like the intense rules?
0: Yeah, 100%. Not because they were like, oh, I need to get vaccinated to protect yeah, the community. 100%. Are you kidding me? I, I bet you like maybe 60-65% of the players maybe believe in the good it does. And the other 30 just did it because they had to do it. So the only
1: thing I was would say is... the So he finished second in uh, fan voting, right? Second or third?
0: I don't know, but it was high.
1: Yeah, so basically the way it works is it's 50% fan, 25% player, 25% uh, media. He finished fifth in um, player voting, but then sixth in media voting, which is a very left-wing NBA media, which probably really would knock him down for those those words rather than prop him up and he only finished one spot lower in media than he did in the fan voting which is what confused me
0: I did not see that he finished sixth in media okay that's interesting
1: I don't I doubt don't... that there's some element of what you said for the player I feel like it's improbable to have that be part of the media vote
0: I don't know what people see with Wiggins like he's been solid right but it's very not, solid like, that different than anything we've seen in his career like I...
1: I the give him more a lot of he credit. Should, he's, he's a
0: better three-point shooter this year, right? Um, oh, yeah.
1: I give him a ton of credit for changing his game around and becoming a really, really great role player. And like that contract, although it's obviously still an overpay, it used to be absolutely immovable. And so, now it's not.
0: And what you just said, really good role player, that doesn't scream all-star star. That doesn't even scream all-star to me. Like all these guys are better than glorified role players. So
1: I thought we put this whole process, revamped process, in place to avoid shit like this, and yet it somehow still. Happened. They
0: gotta take. They just gotta make it all media. Fuck the, the problem fans. Was, who cares about the fans?
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. And there's too many easy ways to vote. Like if you can vote while doing the running man on TikTok, maybe we need to abridge the way, like amend the way you can vote. Honestly,
0: and and here's the problem with fan vote, right? Like, the fans. Who do the fans most care about? The stars. They care about Durant. They care about LeBron. They care about Jokic. Yeah, now there's one or two guys like the Lamellos of the world. But if fans like them that much, they're usually pretty good. And those yeah. guys will get in anyway. Right? So also, I don't understand what fan voting is solving that. Like you're giving fans the feeling of being part of something, but like, like their guys are gonna get in anyway. Who cares?
1: Also, why don't we just fake the fan voting? Well, just lie. Like, <laughs> yeah, like. We lied about the election last year. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, you think fans are really going to be upset if we just slid in, like, Anthony Davis or Paul George or Luka Doncic, who are actual stars, into that spot? No, no one would know. No one would know, and no one would care. They're not going to revolt
0: because Andrew Wiggins didn't make it into the starting five. And by that same token, right, if fans loved Anthony Davis, like Laker fans, and they voted him in, but then you just dropped him off the roster because you're like, you know, he doesn't deserve to be on there. Do you think anyone's going to be outraged? No. People look whatever. It's like, it. I, I get why they do fan voting. I It makes sense on paper, but it's just, it just ruins this whole process because you have a guy like Wiggins get in, and it's like, you look back on this in history, 10 years later, we're going to be looking at the 2022 all-star game and be like, how the hell did Andrew Wiggins? Become and star?
1: that's where I have a problem. Not only does it cost a, a worthwhile guy a spot, whether that's a DeJounte Murray or Brandon Ingram or, you know, like PG or eight, you know, PG's probably missed too many games with Anthony Davis, who's going to get up over 30 games by this point next year, next week. Like it also, which affects their legacy. It also creates this like weird thing. And it's like, okay, fine. Why do you care so much? I mean, yeah, nothing matters. So whatever, I guess nothing matters in life, but at the end of the day, as long as we're talking about All-Stars, we have to keep in mind that this is just like a weird anomaly that require is going to require explanation for a while.
0: Well, the, the thing that makes me even more upset about the Wings is I've had Warrior fan friends come out to Woodworks today and try to justify it. I'm like, dude, get out of here. Like, there's no justification for this. You shouldn't be yeah. on this All-Star team.
1: Oh, man. All right. So that's those are the teams do this. Who's your 13th guy cuz I don't know if you've been following uh, Brian Windhorse is reporting this been reporting for a while but Draymond Green his calf injury is has led to a discovery of like a nerve problem in his back which is like sending the pain down to his calf and that sounds very worrisome and they do not have a timetable for his return as of now. We don't know if this is more serious than it originally believed to be obviously long-term big picture for his health and for the Warriors title contention. That's the main thing. But yep. as it relates to the all-star game, he could easily miss this. Uh, I think we both expect him to be on there. So who, who would you pick as your 13th guy? If
0: you had to, it's a good question. I actually don't know. I'd have to go back to the list. Cause mine were pretty, pretty locked in for the top 12. Remember, I remember I asked you, I was like, are we doing a sub for the West? And you said, no. And I was like, thank God, because I don't, I think it was well a since drama. then
1: the reporting has evolved on draymond's injury
0: I, I, off the top of my head I don't know like Aiden hasn't played enough games no he's missed a bunch he's missed a, yeah but I mean normally that's a guy who like I think could could get into that especially slot. with
1: how good the Suns are yeah
0: exactly um your boy Desmond Bain I guess if we're getting Wiggins in should we give I was Memphis gonna go I was gonna go
1: Wiggins no, I'm just kidding. I was going to go Desmond Baines fair Jaron Jackson. A little bit of legacy pick. I'm going Anthony Davis, who's been bad by his standards, but is clearly still an all-star and like a historic player. And, you know, he's going to have, like I said, over 30 games played, which is more than Jimmy Butler. And so I'm okay with, with Wiggins in there. Or with the uh, shit with Anthony <laughs> Davis in there.
0: The funny thing about AD is his numbers haven't been bad. Right? I mean, his shoot, that, right. his shooting is not his great. shooting is, yeah. But he's actually played pretty well, but we've just got this perception of him, and and he hasn't, like, how many games has he missed this year?
1: Um, I AD. think tonight was his 30th game, and they've played, I want to say, f- close to 50. So he's probably For some like reason,
0: it feels like he's been missing, like, most of the season.
1: Dude, I was thinking the same thing when they were like, oh, he came back. I was like, finally. And then I was like, wait, he's only missed, like, 10, 12 games exactly. and 15 games in this stretch Because LeBron's been like,
0: carrying them every night. Like, Has there ever been one night where it's like 80, went 34, 13, and 10, right? Like, just lighting up the, the box score.
1: And then LeBron so, sits tonight and they get boat raced by yeah. Philly. Um, Do you think the Lakers trade Russell
0: Westbrook? No, they want to. I think at this point they can't. I think they've already come to terms with that. That's why they were like, we're going to try to make this work. Because they realized like, they had no... I think they
1: could trade for John Wall, I know.
0: I'm one of the few people who think maybe John Wall could work, but he's such an unknown, right? Like, if you're getting John Wall from 2017... Yeah, well, if you're getting that version, then everybody would line up. No, no, because, like... No, no, from a spacing standpoint, he's not solving anything. But he's a good passer. He can run the offense. He's not going to be completely useless. You can probably get him to do some back cuts. I'm like... Westbrook and, and the IQ, the passing IQ between Wall and LeBron, like. As
1: much as I love Wall and I would like to see him play basketball again, I just can't see that being, if especially if they have to give up any assets of substance, I just can't see that being a good idea because number one point is at least Russ plays. With Wall, you trade for him. Then it's like, all right, he needs three weeks to get back into NBA shape. It's like, what the fuck were you doing this entire <laughs> time if not being in NBA shape? Then he'll play, have like three games in a row where he looks decent, sit out four more games with knee tendinitis, come back and play. Then his calf is sore. Then his fucking foot is sore. And then like by the time LeBron's like glaring at him in round one of the playoffs when he's in street clothes, you'll know it's a disaster. That's the big problem.
0: I agree. His injury history plus the character, you don't trust him to necessarily be, you know, at the same. Did you know that in the last five years, Dirk Nowitzki has played more games than John Wall? What? I mean, I... <laughs> That's Fuck. a true stat. That is a true stat. That's so bad.
1: Because, <laughs> like, yeah, because he basically he's played zero this year. And the prior three years, I think he had played a total of 40. And then the season before that, he played 32. And the season before that, he played 41.
0: Yeah, and Dirk Nowitzki only retired in what year? His last year playing was nineteen. It was eighteen nineteen. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The last two years he played. Dirk played one hundred twenty games, and I think Wall over five years did not play.
1: That shit's embarrassing, dude. I wish you didn't say that. That <laughs> mean, it
0: feels like Dirk retired like ten years ago. <laughs>
1: yeah, I wonder if that's true for Wade too, because he also retired the same year. I'm sure he played similar number of games those last two seasons. Wade for some reason feels
0: like he's been around.
1: More. Will Wall be at Wade and Dirk's Hall of Fame enshrinement also getting enshrined? Because he would have been effectively retired by for five years at that point? Pretty much. <laughs> um, um Yeah. All right. Let's quickly bounce to football. Uh we're already over an hour, so we'll we'll make this brief. So one of the problems, I guess, with recording weekly is we couldn't come on Sunday night or Monday after the insanity of the weekend. We all know four plays, four games, all finished on the final play. Three of the four, which were actually the road team kicking a field goal. And there was a world in which the road team at least won by three in all four games, but then there was 13 seconds left on the clock and we know the we know what happened from there. But I guess I don't even know where to start, but let's start with, with the Bucks Rams. 27-3 Twenty seventh to three beatdown. If Brady pulled off another one of these, I think I would have actively just started throwing up outside my house. <laughs> like,
0: I it was dude, amazing as it happened. Like, I I was losing my mind. I didn't expect it to happen. Um, even when we pulled in close, I I was skeptical. But there is something, man. And I think look, the Rams turned it over four times. Right? It's not like Brady made them turn it over. But that's any comeback. Any comeback, inherently, the defense has to mess up for you to, to come back, right? That's part of right. it. So taking that out of the equation, and Brady didn't play great most of the game, but, but that's because he was under siege. Did you know? I want to give you a stat. You talk about, you know, pass rush win rates, and people were like, oh, yeah, this is what Mahomes felt like in the Super Bowl. I was just about to say, I don't want to hear any excuses. No, about no, 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 There's a very big difference because Mahomes, right, Mahomes often had a clean pocket, Would break from the pocket early because that's what he was used to doing, and that's one thing he fixed this year. He doesn't do it as often. Uh, When the didn't he just have like sixty yards rushing last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, when the game plan calls for it, right? Because Buffalo was playing. All right, right, fine. What's the
1: stat? So Brady faced seventeen man defenses.
0: No, 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 the pass rush win rate for the Bucks, right? So like you know they they actually measured yeah. how often it was I think in the thirties for how often they won, which is extremely low. I think low.
1: Von Miller had the most wins since twenty twenty week two. The or The Chiefs
0: something. had a sixty something percent win rate in the Super Bowl. Um, now as I'm not an saying line as an O line, and this is not okay. a metric that's all you know tells you the whole story. But I'm just saying that. The Chiefs protected Mahomes way better than the Bucks protected Brady. Brady's advantage is he gets the ball out quick, right? Um, so he doesn't necessarily take a lot of sacks. All that being said, I think I told you before the game we were not going to win this. Everything stacked up against us with the injuries. But when Brady starts making that comeback, man, and it's one of those things where it's like everyone just tightens up. Right? Everyone up. rooting against yeah. Brady, and I bet you even the Rams players, some of them even admitted, like OBJ was like, Dude, watching Brady, you're like, oh, shit, here we go again. The Rams and, were, like, dropping the football on the ground. And, like, yeah, and Cam I think Manker there was... is, like, there's some magic to him, man, that I'm going to miss so much, especially with all this retirement talk. Like, you talk about guys like Jordan having magic. Like, this is magic. It's when you're magic. down 27-3 and no one is like, it's over, that is is something else. And so I'm glad I got to at least see that comeback, get to see that excitement. And even though we didn't win – man, I'm going to miss this guy, dude. And those, I mean, these you two got a He's transformed, like, the Bucs. Yeah. Akers went to Florida State. Has anyone
1: found out if he's a Bucks fan? Yeah, you think he's trying to throw the game? I mean, he Twice was... Twice the two fumbles. And on the goal line... But once Von Miller strip-sacked Brady, it was like, okay, let's breathe a sigh of relief. They're not actually going to come back. And then it still happened because, like you said, it's like the aura is undeniable, and... Um, I could only imagine if he had a 28-3 and a 27-3 on his
0: resume um, what that would have been like. Dude, if he won that game and ended up winning the Super Bowl, like, I, he could run for president. I, I don't, like, at that point, what do you do? Like, if he had won that game and won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. I do think there's a chance that he doesn't retire. Um, everyone's talking he has one more year left. He may not want to leave the Bucks with, like, a huge dead cap number. And, like, maybe if he even if he doesn't announce it next year, but basically tells the front office they can contingency plan a little bit better. But the problem is there could be some personnel losses like there weren't last year. Um, We don't know what's going to happen with Godwin.
0: I I actually disagree. I don't think that's going to be an issue. So so like, why would he retire? Just like physically just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. So, so with, with the roster, right, the Bucs can re-sign Godwin. They can re-sign a lot of the key pieces. They'll lose a couple guys, but all the main players they can bring back. Uh, the cap is rising next year. The, the reason he's not going to play will not have to do with the team, will not have to do – it, it all comes down to what Giselle and the family wants. I think he's feeling the pressure from them that he needs mm-hmm. to retire. And this has been well-documented. And the reason, even in, after the game, he's brought up family and all this so much more than he ever has. Right. You know, and unprompted. Like, everyone's asking about the retiring thing, but he's talking about, oh, you know, now I'm thinking about my family. I got to make sure I do the right decision for them. And so, recently, I'm starting to think that he is going to retire. And think about it. If he doesn't retire and says he's coming back for one more year, he's going to hate that distraction. Think of, like He's not a guy He actually who likes... said he
1: doesn't want it.
0: Yeah, and think about it. Like, every week, every press conference oh, this is your last season. What do you think? Like every post-game interview, every game on TV, yeah. I think and if he wants to avoid all
1: that. And the truth is if he doesn't retire this year, everyone's going to know like next year is his last year. So even if he's like, look, I have no idea. I don't want to talk about it until the offseason. Everyone he's knows it's only ignorant. one more year. That, that's what Otherwise, he has to play two more years just to prove a point. And then that year will be <laughs> it. And he be keeps fun. doing that until he's like 82. And he's like, no, this is still not my last year.
0: Um, so so yeah. for those reasons, I think I think he's actually done.
1: Which is sad. I mean, as much as I've been a Brady hater, it's almost like being a Jordan hater, a LeBron hater, a Tiger. Like greatness is greatness at some point, and like whether it's your flavor of greatness that you enjoy, you know. Like for me, I've never been a Nadal guy, right? I've always been a Federer guy. And I, you know, you get into the Federer Nadal argument. I have my talking points on index cards, just like we do with LeBron Jordan. But it doesn't mean like if I'm watching Nadal and you're like, Jesus, he's still going at it. Or Djokovic, even. You're like, I mean, you got to give it up to him, regardless of what you think. Like, if you can't see who he is, if you're still arguing bullshit about system quarterback or he's got all these weapons or whatever, then you just want to either be a troll or you're actually an idiot. So yeah. it's one of the two, whichever choice you want.
0: And, and it's fun to root against villains, right? Like, it's fun it is, to root. If they never Brady.
1: lose, like Brady, then it's like
0: sad. It's sad, right? But it's fun to root against villains. Like now I'm starting to have fun rooting against Mahomes. Like he's my new villain. Um, and not everyone feels the same way. But it's just having those guys who are larger than life, who never seem to lose. But when they lose, it's like, is cathartic, the biggest right? Thing. It's like, then you're, on, you're watching like first take and undisputed. And you want to know yeah. what people are saying. And them trashing and flaming this guy. There's no better feeling.
1: I'm rooting against Jackson Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and and
0: his, his wife.
1: The night his that they... Also. The night oh, she's terrible. The night they they got uh, beat by the Titans, Patriots, Titans, when he threw that pick six to end it, was one of the greatest nights on Twitter. Oh, people loved it. Dancing on the grave of the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So um nonetheless, let's move on to the other embattled quarterback that I don't want to talk a lot about Rogers, but <laughs> if you score ten points at home as the two time reigning MVP. I don't want to hear about your special teams. I don't want to hear about the weather. I don't want to hear about like play calling or what the hell the defense did or how cold it was. You are a choke artist, and the difference between you and the other all-time greats in that moment is exactly that. And we've seen that too often in Rogers' career. And like, look, I'm a huge defender of Rogers. You know how much I like him. Not uh, politics aside, his his football. Right? This this is my guy from a stylistic standpoint. I've always thought he was the best thrower I've ever seen. You know, he's lost every which way in the playoffs. This was the one that maybe amongst any loss was the most on his shoulders because he had the ball so many times to get three points and he couldn't do it.
0: Absolutely. And I love to see it. Okay. Because look, this is a guy who a couple years ago when the Niners beat them, he said it would not have been the same if we were in Lambeau. Right? Guess what? Lambeau. Ideal conditions for you didn't work. This is the guy who's also twice in a row, twice, and this is the guy who's also well, last year. I guess it's you know different weather, team he's as still at home, still at home. So yeah, and the year you know, and the previous years, the defense failed him. Whatever, can't say that the defense played lights out today. Can't ask him to play better. Um, and then man, at some point, like one of the things the last couple of years Rodgers has not done as that he used to earlier in his career was take chances.
1: Yeah. He's, he's getting so weird.
0: Like, in the playoffs, he gets a little more conservative. And this is what I was saying all season long, dude. This guy throws short passes. He focuses solely on Devontae and Aaron Jones. And in this game, he had, what, one pass to a receiver? That wasn't yeah, Adams. Just, was and they were open. The
1: and, like, I don't get this, like, fascination with not throwing picks. It almost feels like there's a story that Will Chamberlain... So, Will Chamberlain never fouled out in his whole career, which is kind of an amazing stat for a big man. But you peel the onion back a little bit and there are accounts of basically him should have contested at the rim, but he had five fouls and he didn't want to get the six cause he wanted to preserve the streak. Rogers has the same kind of infatuation. I feel like with not throwing picks, it's almost like he wants to be the anti farve who of course has the NFL record for interceptions. And it's like, dude, scared money. Don't make money. Like Mahomes throws picks. Brady throws picks. Like, Fuck, like, except for Kirk Cousins, everyone else threw picks this year. Joe Burrow throws picks. Like, you have to take chances that are legit. Like, you're not going to beat this team in some type of, like, ground game battle when they have Debo Samuel and they have Trent Williams. And, like, they have more physical. Yeah, like, that's not the game that the Packers are designed to play. And we see this literally every year in some form or fashion. It always shows itself in different ways. And the end result is the same. One title and... Fifteen years as a start,
0: sixteen years as an extremely high-level starter. So, and and he's going to be MVP, and I know that's a regular season award, but that so much of that award hinges on he threw less fewer picks than Brady. And yeah, when you're playing like this is my point all along, like he doesn't have to do as much, he doesn't take chances, and the right. Packers still win. Brady right. has to throw it down the field. You're gonna throw it a pick sometimes.
1: Yeah, you live. I, with that. It's frustrating because I obviously like wanted the Packers win for a variety of reasons, but specifically. I am also a believer that, like, I've told you this multiple times, like, I root for greatness to do well because I don't like the stupid criticism. I think I fall victim to it, like, in the comments and stuff. Like, LeBron in 2012, after the massive collapse, I was the hardest person rooting against LeBron and against Dallas, but then versus Oklahoma City, I was like, fuck, okay, this has gone on long enough. We need him to get a title. Like, this is crazy. Because you could just see, like, where he was going to end up historically. And that's sort of how I feel here, where it's like, every time I watch Rodgers, it's clear he's one of the, three best quarterbacks ever from a phys- like a physical standpoint. You know, maybe it's him, Mahomes, and I don't know, John Elway or something, I don't know. But when you talk about the Bradys and the Mannings, that's who you have to put them compare them to. And he's just, you know, Manning only has one more Super Bowl, which he didn't even do anything in to win, but there's just more to be impressed by for a longer period of time, I feel like, from those guys than I there is with Rodgers.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and Rodgers... In some ways, kind of, you know, he dances and celebrates against the Bears and when he's beating up on good teams and when yeah. the going gets tough.
1: Which reminds me, why the hell would he want to leave the NFC North to go to the freaking Broncos and play Herbert and Mahomes four times a year?
0: I don't know. I mean, this is the same thing with Brady, right? He was rumored to possibly go to the Chargers. People like, why would he want to be in the same division as Mahomes? Like, That's the guy he yeah. went up against the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that if if he's hell bent on leaving Green Bay and he can go to a team that personnel wise, you know, a lot of promising pieces, I don't think they care about the division. These guys think that much about oh the competition will be that much harder. I think it's if you got the right personnel and it's not Green Bay. It's appealing. But I, I think he'll stay. I think this is all posturing. He'll stay.
1: It would be dumb. I mean, they're over the cap. They got their own problems. I mean, New Orleans would be the spot that I would really recommend if he had oh, to go God, somewhere.
0: My, that would be horrible.
1: <laughs> Especially if Brady left. If Brady didn't leave, I would still recommend New Orleans for the TV ratings for those two games uh, until whenever one of them hung it up. But
0: How about uh, him to Tampa?
1: I did think about that. That you get an amazing be,
0: offensive line. You have weapons galore. You have. You would have on to defense. root
1: for him. I'll
0: sell my soul. I don't care. I'll do it. I'll root for him.
1: But what about the seventh string cornerback you guys are on? Is it going to be okay for Rodgers? <laughs> be. Um, but he wouldn't
0: do that because if you have to follow Brady and you're going to get endlessly compared to Brady, that's not
1: even. Yeah. All right, let's actually talk about quickly the teams that are actually playing this week, not the ones that got sent home. Um, so in the AFC, which I think is the first game, Cincinnati, really a comedy of errors against Tennessee. Nine sacks, but then Tannehill threw three picks. They went for two randomly at six all. Like, I, I picked Tennessee, you picked Cincinnati. I swear to God, I don't know how Cincinnati, Tennessee lost that game. Like, they were assaulting Joe Burrow.
0: Well, I expected Tennessee to win, right? I picked the Bengals against the spread. I still don't know how they lost that game. Like, I mean, I watched it, and I know what happened. But you look back at the, like, just think about what was going on with Burrow and the the pressure they're able to get on him. And, you know, I think they relied on Henry. Henry didn't look exactly the same. No. You know, they missed. They couldn't convert a couple critical third downs. In Tannehill, I think he just got exposed, man. I think... It's, it's funny. We always talk about, oh, you need a good quarterback to win in the playoffs. And then the last couple of years, you know, this narrative around, no, Tannehill's, a, you know, if you have a good running game, good receivers, Tannehill's perfectly fine. And a lot of the advanced stats show he's really good. But when the chips are on the table, like, you can't trust a guy like him. And you can trust a guy like Joe Burrow. And Burrow, I think, you know, he's so talented, man. And the way he was carving them up in the first half, like, he had, like, what, 260 passing yards in the first half alone? Yeah. And they'd, they'd always get knocked out of field goal range because he'd get sacked. Yeah, he'd just get sacked. He would be, like, running but, for his life. Like, the way he was carving up, and I'm not saying Tennessee is some amazing defense, but it was so easy. And he's been doing that, like, especially the second half of the season. He's been making it look so easy that a team yeah, like I, Tennessee, they just they can't be relied on offensively
1: to keep I up. mean, Tannehill was just being asked to do too much with this version of of Henry. And they didn't. I guess because he was back, they were just like, okay, it's Derrick Henry. But when they when he didn't have it, they had to go to Foreman. I think more than they did. Yeah. Or you know, try to get the ball to AJ Brown in more safe manners, bubble screens or whatever. Just like stop making Tannehill the kind of the point guard. I know that he's a quarterback and that's his role, but stop making him so uh, important in the game's outcome. And he's fine. I, I think you can win with him. Maybe not a Super Bowl, but. Losing at home like that, like, for them and the Packers to do so. I thought Cincinnati, like, their kicker, Evan McPherson, was just stone cold, like, you know, ice in his veins type shit. 50-plus yarder of a rookie to send the Titans home. That's amazing. Um, all right, so they're going up against the Chiefs. I don't know how much more that we can say about this game that hasn't been said across airwaves, podcasts, radio, wow. in person at the water cooler, whatever mode of method of uh, – you know, sports analysis you get. The only thing I'll say is um, I thought that Josh Allen, like you and I both really liked Kansas city we thought it was disrespectful that they were only getting one hat one, one and a half. I mean, Josh Allen put on a show. Like, I don't know that I've seen from a losing quarterback in a long, long time. He and did. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, where Ryan played well, but then the big comeback where he just kind of sat on his feet and sat on his hands and didn't do anything for a while. Like Allen and Mahomes were both awesome the whole time. It was just a beautiful, perfectly played game of football. It wasn't like one team's up big and then the other team come back.
0: Then it gets exciting. The whole game was just neck and neck. I don't know what both defenses are doing. Like how does <laughs> yeah. Gabriel Davis like just like <laughs> shred you like that? Dude, I thought um, I was
1: watching Texas Tech versus like Oklahoma State. And literally,
0: my... I was thinking the exact same thing. It felt like one of those college games where like every other play is just a wide open guy, forty yard, fifty yard play, and it just goes back and forth. It's like a Pac-12 game. Um, it, it, it's crushing, man. For Bills fans, there's no franchise more tortured than the Bills, right? In the NFL, like that's yeah, just a fact. And Josh Allen, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, people try to tell you Josh Allen, he's gonna be great, he's gonna be amazing, but you're going to have Mahomes to deal with for the rest of your career. And there's only so many cracks you get at it. And and I think it's funny because one of the things I was thinking about this weekend too was we always talk about NFL fans like to diss the NBA saying, you know, unless you have a superstar, you don't have that much of a chance. Right. And in the NFL, we've always known that good quarterbacks win more often, but there's this sense that if you're in the AFC and you don't have Mahomes or Allen or maybe even Herbert, Bert or Berto, maybe those four guys. How do you keep up with any of these teams? Like, even if you can beat one of them, how are you going to beat the other? Like, you need to have an insane streak of luck. Yeah. And and when you're the Bengals, like, when you're the Bills, like, you have one of those guys, you should feel good. But this, the Holmes and the Chiefs, man, like, I, as much as we want to talk about Josh Allen, and that's what the story's been, the story's also that this team is just downright. Unstopping. It's
1: insane. Yeah, now they like, got Jerick the McKinnon. The only team
0: to stop them was the Bucs, but they have been railroading teams in the playoffs since then. Well, or not and, railroading. They'd start you know, down 21 or whatever, but then they've always found a way to. Yeah, win.
1: their, their on off switch is legendary. But lest we forget in your list of young AFC studs, the guy who won MVP two years ago, Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah, I don't cons- uh, Lamar Jackson is. I've never been I a mean, Lamar Jackson guy. He needs the there. perfect system, the perfect scheme to succeed. He's not a bad passer, but like there's just so many things that have to go right for that kind of a team to win. In the right, playoffs. right, right, right. No, I think that's fair. I just think
1: that it's like one of those things where he still did win the MVP. They had like the number one offense a couple of years in a row. So I agree. He's not, like, if you're asking me to who I'd want, I'm taking any of those four ahead of him um, for sure. It's crazy, man. Like, you watch Burrow, and he's getting assaulted, and he's still making every throw standing there, and you just worry because he literally just had his knee ripped apart last year, and we're talking about him taking nine sacks in a playoff game. So I hope they are investing their resources in next year's draft and free agency to better that situation. But Mahomes is a magician. I mean, Kelsey, Mahomes, and Hill, that may be the best trio of offensive players who have ever played together. Like, I'm trying to think of who would be up there. It would be, like, maybe Aikman, Irvin, and Smith. But Aikman wasn't that, like, good. I mean, respectfully. Like, he just wasn't that kind of quarterback. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, Kurt Warner.
0: Yeah, I was thinking Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, Falk. Isaac
1: Bruce, and Marshall Bruce, Falk, but, but and Kurt Torrey Warner's Holt.
0: also more of a flash in the pan, if anything. You know, he wasn't yeah. consistently dominant throughout his career.
1: Um now I'm trying to think what are the best Jerry Rice, of course. Jerry Rice, I mean, Steve Young, and uh Ricky
0: Waters. You had Manning.
1: No, um, oh, yeah, Manning, Edwards. Thomas James. Who was the running
0: back. Oh Edger, no, it was the Colts. I was talking about that year on he threw fifty-five touchdown passes on, oh, on Bronco. They had um it wasn't No Sean Moreno, Thomas. was it? Yeah, it was was it Moreno? Was it Monty Ball? No. It was
1: it honestly might have been one of those two. But they also got smacked in the in the Super yeah, Bowl. That was yeah, the year they yeah, scored yeah. eight points. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have to think of you have to go pretty far. I guess we don't have to pick a receiver. I just picked a tight end and a wide receiver. Uh, sorry, you don't have to pick a running back. So yeah. Um. Anyway, so okay, let's go to the games this week. So the first game, you're up. You're you went. You're eight and two so far. So you're killing it. You should have eight bet these and two. Games. Let's go. I'm five and five, but I've decided that we're gonna call each of these weeks double units, and then the Super Bowl quadruple. Oh hell, units.
0: no, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're going with one each.
1: I've made an executive decision as the person who's typing this into a spreadsheet.
0: Then you should have gone double last week. We should double. Every I was round.
1: going to, but then I forgot to say it on the pod. I had thought of it. <laughs> uh, no, we can go single. All right, so Bengals uh, are at the Chiefs. Chiefs are getting seven or sorry, given laying seven points. Chiefs all day. Okay. Chiefs by ten. I'm actually going Bengals. Uh they okay. played two weeks ago, 34 31, or three weeks ago at this point. Chiefs were up big, took their foot off the gas. That should have been a blowout. Bengals, that was a game Jamar Chase went absolutely ballistic. I don't think the Bengals win, but touchdowns a lot. I'm just going to take the Bengals in a close game because I don't know that I trust the chiefs defense versus Joe Burrow and Jamar chase again. Like why wouldn't the chief, the Bengals just be able to pass it up and down the field. Like I know they're going to have a lot of pressure on them with Chris Jones and Frank Clark, but I think Burrow's used to that at this point.
0: Well, that's exactly, exactly the reason why it's going to not going to work. Burrow walked up and down the field last week in Tennessee. And how many points did they put up? 16, no,
1: 19. 16, Sixteen 19. or nineteen? Yeah, they won nineteen sixteen. I think
0: nineteen points, despite going all over the field. Like with the way he's getting protected, that's they'll keep it close, maybe. But the Chiefs are going to run away with it. They just can't stop the Chiefs for enough possessions, in my mind. Um, and I think the Chiefs—something sparked them last week. I think they got their swagger back. You know, like they've been playing yeah. well towards that re- the end of the regular season. But I think this game—the fact that they're able to pull it out—and you got Mahomes fired up. Kelsey and, and Hill were featured prominently on those last couple of drives. I think that they're gonna run away with this.
1: Um
0: and we're and by the way, we're due a bad game. We can't keep having good games.
1: I know Wildcard true. was
0: bad, but the divisional round was so good that I think we're gonna be due for a bad game.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that I'm hoping for a backdoor cover, you know, little four, you know, Chiefs up twenty thirty-three, twenty. Late game score by Joey Joey Burrow. The other thing I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a total stud. Maybe stop smoking cigars. Um <laughs> it's bad for your lungs, and you still have like two more wins to get to the actual goal. So maybe stop smoking it after round two. One 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 potential tip for him. But nonetheless, against my better judgment, I'm going Bengals plus seven. All right, the next game. San Francisco Wait, wait, is- hold
0: on. You're making fun of Joe Burrow for celebrating like don't you talk about that wall at Beal team, the Wizards team, as if they won the championship back when they made the conference final? Did they even make the Eastern Conference Finals?
1: You Who know the that they round? didn't. You yeah. know that they didn't make the conference finals. They
0: were dressing in all black. You were talking, you know, so let's let's... Let the Bengals have this, man. Let the Bengals have this.
1: Well, lest we forget, when I tried to talk about a real championship team, the Nationals, you told me to fuck off and stop talking about it on the pod. So what do you want me to do? I, can, I can't win here. You
0: wanted me to just silently listen and agree with everything you said. I had nothing to contribute.
1: Dude, I watched the cl- game-clinching win eating takeout sushi in a four-points Sheraton in Bentonville, Arkansas. Like, Give me a fucking break out of here. All right. Uh, Rams are three and a half point favorites. Forty ers come to town. They are maybe the hottest team in the NFL right now. They're basically they've won I think five straight, four straight games, including beating the Rams after they were down seventeen zero in Week eighteen in L.A. So a rematch in the same stadium, and the winner gets to play in that stadium next week, of course, for the Super Bowl. And the funny thing is, if the Niners had not come back from that 17-0 lead, the Saints would have been in the playoffs um, playing the Bucks. So that's the the kind of crazy way this all shook out.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, you can go first on this one.
1: <laughs> I know I shouldn't do this. I'm taking the Rams. Um, for me, it's a quarterback play. I just – and so Shanahan's beaten McVay six straight times. I'm calling regression to a mean more than a trend here. I think I trust Stafford in a way I absolutely do not trust Jimmy G. Of course, they did this half a point higher than I'd like it to be because it could very easily be a field goal game, Gay, Pro Bowl, or he could end it. He could send the Niners home and they would cover, but I like what I have with Cooper Cup. The Packers, to your point, did not expose the Niners' weaknesses on the edge and the cornerbacks like they could have. There's guys open; they didn't hit them. I don't think Stafford will make those mistakes. He spreads. He hit. He obviously, he goes to couple up, but he spreads the ball around when he needs to. And even though they can't run, which is the troubling part, I'm going with uh, the Rams. Aaron Donald, big big game. Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, make a play each.
0: Damn, I was also going to go with the Rams right here. I want the Niners to win this game. I would love for the Rams to fail. Um, but dude, this is this is one of those things where I feel like at some point it's gotta end. And there's just too much mojo on or like good juju on the Niners side right now. And the six and zero stat against McVeigh. I think McVeigh's gonna come back with a good game plan. I think and and you know what? The cold weather last week actually benefited the Niners. Um, you know, in a lot of ways. This is gonna be a in LA where I know they won recently, but LA also went up 17-0 early. Yeah. And and kind of let them come back into the game, right? But it wasn't like they struggled with them the entire game. And I, I just think that the way Von Miller and Aaron Donald, the way that Lions playing, you can bother Jimmy enough to to, you know, to disrupt him and he, if he's not keeping up, but the, the Rams are going to put up at least 24 points. And I just don't know if the Niners are going to be able to keep up. So I want the Niners, but I'm going Rams. I think they win by six. The comeback
1: to me was more of a fluke than it was a trend. Um, And the problem is the Rams can't run the ball, which is the same reason they just gave up that huge comeback to the Bucs last week. So this is the troubling part. The other thing is the Niners are run first offense. And so the the Rams are way better at pass rush because they have Leonard Floyd Von Miller, Aaron Donald, all guys who are better at passing pass rush than they are at run blocking or run defense. That's the concern. Uh a heavy dose of Debo, Elijah Mitchell, Usech, Kittle, like really ugly up the game, kind of like they did against the Packers. But the weather won't be a factor. And I don't know, man. Like, this is Stafford's chance. There's no Brady. Or he took out Brady. There's no Rodgers. You know. Mahomes is kind of like the last boss to vanquish, but he gets to play him at home if he gets to this game, you know, crowd split aside, just the home confines can't be a, a bad thing. And I think they go, I think they get it done. And I might actually pick them in the Super Bowl. We'll, we'll wait till we wow. get to that point, but okay. I just think this team is loaded up for this run. And usually this type of dream team shit doesn't work in the NFL. We saw this multiple times, but, this one was put together way more thoughtfully than some of these other like superstar teams have been thrown together.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if this vindicate or validates the superstar team thing necessarily, but I mean, but you're kind of right, right? When you think about it, they could have had Robert Woods as well. They don't have him. Yeah. Um, this is this is a balanced team. Like anytime people pick, want to pick against the Rams, what has it been? Stafford is shaky. Stafford might cost you the game. But if Stafford plays like he, you know, is capable of, and the way he normally does, this team is too loaded across both sides of the ball um, for this for them to like have yeah. too many of these fluke losses. They already had one against the Niners. I don't think it'll happen again. So,
1: yeah, I mean, look. Cam Akers has to do better than 24 carries for 48 yards and two fumbles. I know yeah. he's going against Vita Vea and, and Domic and Sue, but God damn, like figure something out, make one guy. Yeah. This, Cause he looked great versus Arizona. And then he puts up that stinker. So I think, especially if they have a lead, Jimmy G trying to come back is not Tom Brady as we know. <laughs> and so that's going to be the advantage that they have. All right, oh. we'll see. Hopefully we get uh, as good of games as we did last week. Likely not to, but we can always hope. Um, That's it for this week's episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Thick and Thin Hoops on all major podcast platforms. Please follow us on social media. We will talk to you next week.